What's brewing, ATX? I'm Jonathan Ratcliffe, alongside my co-hosts Greg Carlson and Ian Grossman. Thank you for joining us for another episode, the tenth episode. There we go, ten. Happy anniversary. We are super pumped on today's topic. Remember, this is your one-stop shop for all things ATX, from tips on the food and beverage scene to developments in the real estate world to interviews with local small businesses that make a huge impact on our community. And of course, we feature a local beer, wine, or spirit each week so you can get your taste of what Austin has to offer. This week is part one of our new three-part real estate series that we'll cover over the next two months. In part one, we're going to give you the five simple steps from going from renter to owner. <laughs> Lost my words there. Hey, five steps from going from renter to owner. Also, simple steps. Simple steps. Stay tuned till the end. For this week's weekly brew. 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 Where we'll discuss one of Austin's hottest zip codes that we recommend buying in. As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at What's Brewing ATX. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And give us that five-star rating. Let us know if you have any suggestions on topics or guests that may be perfect for the show. We're always uh, interested in hearing from new local business owners. Before we get started with our topic, let's introduce what we're drinking today. Greg, take us away. Ooh, you guys are in for a little tasty afternoon treat today, boys. Can you guess what we got? Yeah, I can guess because it's right in front of me. He's got a bottle of whiskey there. And it's, it's not a cold drink. No, it's not. It's okay this week. It's okay. So, gentlemen and ladies, we have nine banded whiskey. Now, you might be wondering why in the world they call it nine banded. Well, it just so happens that the armadillo has nine bands on it, and it's the state animal of Texas. Every armadillo has nine rings? Well, nine most profound rings. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So let's get a little bit about the 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 whiskey here. This is called the Small Batch Whiskey, made here in Austin, Texas, slash Dripping Springs. Another Dripping Springs selection. Um, our hand-selected whiskeys include a three-year-old barrel-aged Kentucky bourbon blended with a corn and rye whiskey, working together to amplify the flavors of the bourbon. Yeah. Um, so check out NineBandedWhiskey.com. We haven't gone to this distillery yet. However, it is on the list. Made in USA on Dripping Springs and Fitzhugh Road. Gosh. Right near our other spots. Yeah, our other all of the other ones. Jester oh. King, Last Stand. Gee whiz. Nine Banded. Am I thirsty? So tell me about this one in particular. Right. Well, this. well th- so this one is, uh, it's all, the name's also a nod to the Armadillo World Headquarters, which is um, an, an, a legendary entertainment venue here in Austin. That's correct. Yeah. Um, it's a famous birthplace of, of Austin's eclectic culture. So they decided to, to make this whiskey. Uh, Isn't that no longer it's here? A good looking to pay bottle. homage of, of that. It is a good looking bottle. It's it's just it reminds me of one of those uh, kind of old town whiskey bars, you know. Oh, yeah. you go into and it's keep just it classy, keep it simple. It is nine banded. And we're gonna be drinking it neat today. Yeah, I can't wait. No ice. Just oh, did you hear that? Oh. How many fingers are you gonna pour? Two fingers or three? I always go for three. Three fingers. Oh. A little more, John? Yeah, that's a good start. 
All Cheers, right. boys. Let's try it and let them know how it tastes. So you gotta you gotta smell it. Yes, yeah, smell it and all that. But not the way you smell. Not like that. It smells like vanilla. That's how I normally did it until I went to a whiskey distillery and they said you gotta shake it or uh, kind of twist it like you would wine. Yeah, twist it. And do like a. I think you can waft it. Waft but it. They don't recommend spent sticking your nose straight in it the way you would with wine. Oh, I can understand. It's three times the strength. Gee whiz. With the mm. wine, I went to a winery recently, by the way, in Fredericksburg, and the guy who was sticking his nose in it, he's also the, the winemaker, he would put one nostril in and, like, way in the glass. Really? It was kind of creepy looking. I never understood it. Ooh. So, another thing that... Wow, this is scrumptious. It's good. <sighs> you like yeah, it? Smooth. Another tip, when you drink, when you put it in your mouth, yeah. you want it to sit in your mouth for five seconds wow. and you flip it around the way the way the lady said described it is flip it. flip it on your tongue like you're flipping a skittle i've never flipped a skittle on my tongue but keep it in there for five seconds and then you swallow it that way it doesn't burn your throat on the way down this is super smooth though yeah this is smooth i'm yeah. not much of a, like a straight up drink wine or drink liquor by oh. itself but this is very smooth yeah i love a, a nice this little really glass good. of whiskey 90 proof. And by the way, Greg surprised us today. Yeah. We, usually we knew what we were drinking, and he said, we got a tasty treat for you. Well, that's because it's our 10th anniversary, 10th episode anniversary. So we got a little present for the boys. Would you just look at that? Well, yeah. gentlemen, Let's what are it. we talking about today? Oh. Well, we're switching it up a little bit, right? Yep. yep. We'll switch through. We've been interviewing local business owners. We've been talking about... Um, what the hell have we been talking about? All kinds of stuff. Neighborhood right? expert stuff, right? We want to give you guys the know. We want to keep you in the know of where to go when you're in town. Um, we want to give you a little idea of the culture, who created these businesses, and why. But today we're going to get into a little bit of uh, our professional expertise. We're taking a step back, and we're giving you an idea, the structure of how to go from being a renter to an owner. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we figured, okay, we've given them some good, juicy information, but now mm-hmm. let's, let's give them our expertise. So yeah. here we go. Part one of three. We're going to do this a three-part series, and today we're going to learn about how to go from a renter to an owner. And let's jump right into it. So we're going to give five tips today, um, or, or really five steps. Yeah. And the first step, obviously, you're renting. You need to analyze your current lease situation. So if you are starting to think, if the wheels are turning, you see these commercials for you know becoming a homeowner, it's starting to excite you, first start with your lease. Yeah. And Greg, Jonathan, what would you guys say is a good amount of time, a good buffer to give yourself as far as months go bef- you know, before your lease ends? Let's say your lease ends in August. When should you start minimum, the buying process? Minimum four months before your lease is up. Four or five months. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. it could take 30, 60 days to close on a house once you put in that offer. So you want to be well prepared and let your landlord know because you need 60 days notice here in Texas. Let them know. Now, I don't know about you guys, but all the time I get people that are that call or, or clients that say, hey, I need something by next month. It's like, okay. Yeah. We, have you even talked to a lender yet? Like there's so much to do, which we'll get into in a minute. But, and I always say, you know, it's it's possible, yet 
you got to move. That like, is, yeah. And so it is possible to do a you know a two to three month turnaround to keep yourself in check and you know organized and in good shape. Four to five months is is a healthy. Yeah. I guess time frame. And to keep your stress level down because if you're like oh. backed into a corner because you got to get out of a lease or your lease is ending and you haven't closed yet, that's stressful. To give yourself a little buffer between closing on a new home and moving in and moving out of your lease, yeah, it's just overall makes the experience a lot more enjoyable. Because buying a house is, is and moving in general is listed as top 10 most stressful things one can do. So if you're rushed during that, oh, forget it. I believe forget it. So what about when you have a lease situation that you are just dying to get out of? Maybe you're with some family friends or family or you just can't can't be in your situation anymore. You need to move on and you're ready to buy something. Well, what do you do? In my professional opinion, that, that boils down to the Benjamins, baby. I mean, is, is it cost effective? How much is it going to cost? Yeah. You got to read the fine print of your lease agreement because sometimes they really, really stick it to you. They yeah. do. Usually, what, two months? Or it could be, yeah, it could be two months. But if it's like a leasing off, if it's an apartment or something, they're, they usually have a, a standard policy in place. Mm-hmm. But if you're renting from like a condo owner or a house owner, mm-hmm. they might be a little bit more flexible. And they might, you might have been renting for a few years and they're paying, you're paying a lot less than they could get if they put it back on the market. Oh, yeah. So they might be perfectly happy for you to end your lease early and get out of it and they could raise the rent on that. Yep, and and I'll say this too. I have clients all the time that say, "Hey, I really want to move. I'm ready to do it, but my lease ends at the end of the year, and yep. it's in March." And and they think that that they're stuck. And I say, "Well, actually, here's a great option for you: is to one, of course, consider how much it costs to get out of your lease, and is that worth it for you to terminate that? Sometimes it is, like you said, there's flexibility in certain ones, but two, you could always continue the process, try and find." You know, once you find a home that you really love and say it's just the perfect thing, you don't want to lose out on that. You can always ask for uh, the seller to actually give you a credit at closing that will go towards the termination, totally. to your lease termination fee. So you're not stuck in a lease. I'll say that. Now, it's good to plan ahead, like you said, four to five months. But if you really want to get out of that situation, there are ways to do that, uh, and we can get pretty, pretty creative with it. So don't feel like you're stuck. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, step one analyze that situation greg what's next yeah so once you decide you you're ready to get the ball rolling you want to contact a local real estate agent uh, when finding an agent you want to ask friends family coworkers, look at their reviews um, you want to ask these people that have recently bought or sold a house if they recommend their agent to you um, have them connect connect you uh, or directly reach out to you, the agent, and uh, tell them who referred you. Also remember, your three hosts, Jonathan Ratcliffe, Greg, Greg Carlson. Carlson, Ian Grossman. What's that? We are local real estate ep- experts. So you can always send us a message to the uh, What's Brewing ATX crew uh, via Instagram, and uh, we'll make sure to get you taken care of, for sure. So there's, there's something you want to keep an eye out for when working with an agent um they want to be you want to make sure they're very thorough and asking you questions about what your wants and needs are when it comes to purchasing a house if they just throw you in their car and start looking at properties it's not necessarily uh, a good sign right off the bat there 
jumping the gun a little. Yeah, jumping the gun. And yeah. that does happen. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but obviously the buyer, it's important to know their needs because they're the ones that are buying the house. Right. So they want, you know, when you're when you're meeting with real estate agents, you want to make sure you have someone that yeah. carefully looks at that and guides you, not steers you, but guides you and, and is honest with you about the market and what to expect and if your expectations are realistic. Yeah, and just remember, just because an agent works well for your family member or friend and they've had a great experience with them, that doesn't mean that it's going to be a perfect fit for you. Everybody operates differently. Oh, yeah. Um, our styles are all differently. So just make sure you get somebody who kind of moves at your pace and has uh, the same you know, attitude and style that you do. And I think that's the best approach. So once you choose who you're going to work with, you're going to want to go ahead and set up a buyer consultation with them. It should take anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, uh, depending on how well you all connect. Um, but that's they're essentially going to walk you through the entire buying process A to Z and then do that wants and needs analysis for you. Then comes step three. So step three. You've, you've gotten your lease situation figured out. You've found your agent, and this is the person that you guys are – you know you're working together with then you want to contact a local lender and your agent should actually connect you with one uh, that they trust and have experience working with typically they're going to have their preferred lenders Um, but you know you might have a lender that that you have uh, been in contact with or you know of that you want to reach out to as well it's always good to have a second opinion to have maybe more than one lender that you you look at and talk to Um, and for us as agents like we always we usually will have a few go-to right. lenders depending on the buyer. Maybe their personalities will gel with a with a certain lenders, Definitely. you know, in a in a different way. So I have a, a few investors that if I ever have an investor client, I know to send them to this particular lender. Yeah. And if I ever have first-time home buyers, I know to send them to this particular lender just because that's what they work with. That's what they're best. Yeah, you know, it's their their uh, their niche. Uh, also, making sure when you shop around, compare those apples to apples. What sort of rates are you getting? Um, you know, what kind of fees are there? Because there's always these origination fees and different things you need to fee look fee. out for. Yeah, the fee fee. The we'll fee get fee. you every time. That's right. The, sometimes the lowest rate doesn't necessarily mean you know you're getting the best deal overall. So yeah. um, big big banks will get you with that. With the hey, we had these great low rates. Um, yet services out the window and, and other things uh, as well, other fees. So and people often ask us like, why we, like, why don't agents like the big banks, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Chase, and really it comes down to, like Jonathan just said, they often will offer lower rates, but the service isn't there. They've got their underwriters are all over the country. So sometimes they're on different in different time zones than you are, and the communication is such an important part of this process, and you don't always get it. And with and, the and, and that sounds like oh, it's okay. I can deal with miscommunication for thirty or sixty days while I'm under contract, right? No, uh, because a little no. bit of miscommunication can actually make you lose out on that deal or, or lose yeah. that house at the end, be late to closing, whatever it is. It, it's a very important process. So finding the right lender um, early on and, and you know, being connected with one, it's critical. Yep. Mm-hmm. Step well, four. Step number four. This is the fun part. The best. We get to actually begin the home search process. So 
um, you know, you contacted your realtor, you contacted a lender and figured out what you could qualify for. Now it's time to start going out and looking at homes. So, so Greg, the lender has told you, okay, you qualify for this amount, go start looking. Yeah, and, and a good thing to keep in mind is let's say you qualify for 400000 That doesn't mean you have to, you know, set your max at 400000 Look at the monthly payment, figure out what you're comfortable spending, and it might be closer to 350 or 300 but your the expectations of what you can actually get for that need to be in line with what you're comfortable spending. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and Greg mentioned coming in for a, a buyer consultation when you meet your agent. If you haven't done that already, if you haven't had that in-person meeting, you've just spoken over the phone, now's the time to get in-person, face-to-face with your agent so that you can really dig deep into what you're looking for, you know, and what the process is going to look like. And then, I mean, the fun part, the H, you know, what HGTV has glorified <laughs> over the last several years. Oh, yeah. Going out and looking at homes. Do you guys ever have buyers where they just like won't say anything when you're out when you're actually looking at homes they'll they'll keep a lot of their thoughts to themselves yeah yeah i I, especially early on i had a lot of that and now i kind of set this expectation that after every single home we're going to talk about it Mm -hmm. we're going to make a couple notes and then we're going to compare to other homes so if there's six homes that we're looking at after the second one i compare that with the first one after the third one and then we start to scratch those homes off that yeah. just are not going to work. Um, I, f- I found that if you do that before you leave that house and go to the next it's one, fresh in their mind. It's fresh in their mind. They're not going to forget about it because they start to blend together. Like, oh, I noticed you said one. six houses, right? There's definitely a number you don't want to go over when looking at houses because yeah. you're going to get super pumped. You're going to want to see 12 in a day, but that's not necessarily recommended because they do all blend together. So you want to keep it around, would you say, five? Minimum five or good ballpark. I, I always say, yeah, 46 houses is... Yeah. And here's why. Because you're going to do... You and your agent are going to sit down and discuss, this is my policy. I don't know if you guys follow something similar. Is What are your top five needs? You know, what are your top needs in general? And I say, we're going to go through these, these homes based on your purchase price and your top needs. And we're going to filter them before we even go out there and look. So we're spending a couple days or, or a day, whatever it is, afternoon going through all the homes that fit within their criteria and fit that those top five needs, then we go look. So we've already done most of the research ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to look at a select few homes that we've narrowed down to. So, you know, you don't need to go and look at 10, 20 homes um, because, honestly, that just confuses the heck out of you yeah. more than anything. Mm-hmm. And that's where we come in by helping them. If they, if they have 12 homes, then we help narrow that down. You know, if... if they just throw you 12 homes and you go see all of them. We're not really doing our job because, you know, we're not helping them narrow down based on their criteria. And the whole effort uh, with working with a buyer's agent is to help save you time yep. and money. Oh, oh, quick note. Yeah. 100% free working with a buyer's agent. True. In the state of Texas. In the state of Texas. That is something in most states. I think like New York, up in the Northeast. Well, I know California and the buyers. They pay? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's just crazy. Like, but that's so, good to know. So so in the state of Texas, the seller will pay. Typically, the standard is 6% total to the listing agent, which the listing agent then, or the listing broker then pays 3% to the, the buyer's agent. agent. So again, all you first-time home buyers out there or just 
you know, buyers in general, remember it is 100% free to utilize a realtor. There's no reason you shouldn't. Because not only are they going to help you with the search, and some of you guys feel like maybe you're experts out there, they're going to help you with the negotiations and all the paperwork and the, and the critical things to get you to closing. Funny story. I have a friend that I helped. He was renting in my apartment, and then he bought a house. Mm-hmm. And I, I specifically remember going through that part of the buyer rep agreement where I explained to him how I'm paid and how he doesn't pay me. Well, the day before closing, he called me, and he was kind of just like, almost like beating it was like the elephant in the room he like wouldn't i knew something was off yeah. he was like so are we all set for tomorrow i was like yeah we're good like you've, you've done up. everything you need to do yeah and then finally he was like so how do i like how do i pay you do i need to give you a check and i started <laughs> laughing i was like what yeah oh man. And he was like what, what are you talking about and i I was like, dude, we went over this I, when we first met. I explained to you, you don't pay me anything. He was totally prepared to write me a check. $10,000 A little more oh than that. Gosh. A little more than that. Ayo. And that was a huge relief to him. Heck yeah. To not have to write that That's check. But he's from the Northeast. So uh, he was. Oh. He just had in his head and didn't. Re- I mean, we, we talk about a million things in that first meeting, you know? Right. So. Yeah. It's a, it makes sense that he didn't remember it. I make sure to bring it up every time because yeah. it's it's often come up or it didn't come up, but I knew that they were thinking that. And, and when I mentioned it, oh, yeah, I thought we were going to have to pay you. I've had a couple mm-hmm. similar instances and never the day before closing, but. That was funny. That's crazy. Wow. Cool. So, wow. okay. So. So now you're up. You, you found the house of your dreams? You found the house. Right. Then what? Step five. You get you get those keys. You go to the closing table. Make sure to bring a valid form of ID. And uh, congratulations, you're a homer, everybody. So we want to give you some some tips right out of the gates to put on your your checklist and your calendar. January first, uh, after the year you buy, file for your homestead exemption if it's your primary residence. Okay. What is um, the homestead exemption? The homestead exemption is you telling the taxing authorities that that is your primary residence you reside there and essentially you get a discount on your taxes you get a discount and it caps the amount your taxes can increase so they can't increase 10 more than 10 percent a year if they do increase more than that then there's this cap that sets in and your you know your value might still be higher but you would pay taxes on the lower amount, if that makes so sense. So roughly, yeah. roughly speaking, mm-hmm. what is that? What is that discount? Well, part of the discount is, I would say, the biggest one is is the, in the, keeping your taxes from increasing. Which right. really, there's no set number on that. It can be anything. The other one, the other discount is when you look at the breakdown of your tax value mm-hmm. of your tax appraisal. There's different entities. You're taxed by the school district, right. by the county, all these different entities. And by getting the homestead exemption, you get discounts on each on, on some of the specific entities. Uh-huh. So you're taxed on a lower amount for your house. So if your house is worth four hundred thousand, you might only pay taxes on three hundred thousand. I'm just making up numbers for yeah. the sake of the. But you you pay a lower amount, which allows you to save money on your taxes. So right. if you don't File your homestead exemption, and you're living in a house as your primary residence. 
I think, that's I foolish. Think it's somewhere around like thirty percent, twenty five, thirty percent, right? For for the for the specific entities. Sure. So it's not your overall yeah. tax bill, but it is. I mean, that's money that's coming out of your pocket. Huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just by the way, taxes just came out this week. So if you're already a homeowner, go ahead and look out and see. You know, log on to Travis Cat. See what see what your value is now. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you probably get something in the mail around this time of year, and uh, it'll have your assessed value, right? And if it went up an astronomical amount, you not all hope is lost. You can certainly uh, protest those property taxes. Now, there's services out there that charge you money, and sometimes there's a significant amount of the dollar amount they save you, right, right around 40% from what I last heard. Yep. But uh, I don't think that's all necessary. I mean, they make it pretty straightforward for you. Uh, you get some low comparable sales sent over to you from your realtor, and then you uh, you submit them to the county via the website, yep. right? Pretty simple, cut and dry. So you don't even have to go in person? No, you don't. Oh. No, it's wow. a beautiful yeah. thing. You all do it online. Online. if they don't, the county doesn't agree. Then they call you in for a hearing, and you got to flex the big guns. and Flex the big guns. It takes about, what, 10 minutes in front of them, right? Okay. It's, yeah. It's typically pretty short, but uh, definitely worth your time in the long run because it will save you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. And their goal is to not get you in. Like, if they, if you can su give supporting evidence to keep it low, mm -hmm. and they don't have to come and waste their time with you standing in front of them, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. Okay, so you've... You've got your homestead filed. Yeah. You protested taxes. And then the refrigerator goes out. Oh, boy. Crap. Oh, boy. Yeah. But then you realize your really awesome buyer's agent got a home warranty for you in the negotiations. So when would you get a home warranty? Within your first year. New build, resale? Oh, oh all of them. Whenever all you're buying a resale property. Yeah. Because new, new construction will come with a builder warranty for well, the first hope. year. You hope. You hope should. Yeah. Um, but resale, you always want to get one, whether you're the seller's paying for it or if in negotiations it winds up where you're paying for it, definitely is worth the 500 bucks, 600 bucks that it's going to cost. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So home warranty, check. Check. There's a couple apps that are pretty cool too uh, that you could download like Nextdoor. Because you want to become involved with your community, right? Uh, Nextdoor is a great way to do that. You introduce yourself. People will respond similar to Facebook. But the benefit about using it is that it keeps everything hyper-local to your subdivision. Mm -hmm. Now, right? You're only, yeah, you're only talking to people mm -hmm. that are right where you are. And sometimes it gets annoying because you've got the loudmouths on there that will post just about, arguing you know, complaining about whatever. Some random person just walked by my house and they look sketchy. Oh, Has anyone seen them? Or Johnny just flew by me and <laughs> in his car. He's 16 years old and he's driving 80 miles per hour down the road. Oh, Johnny. You know, mom, go spank him. Right. Something like that. Now, Thumbtack, we have Thumbtack listed. I'm not, not too familiar with this one. What is, what is that all about? Thumbtack's great. It's, yeah. um, it's an app where it allows you now they have more services like you can get a massage you can book a massage through thumbtack someone come to your house how you know at home massage i've heard things through the grapevine gotcha um but no thumbtack is incredible for home uh improvement projects yeah whatever you want to do literally if you want to build a deck if you want to get someone to paint if you want to put new carpet in no it's a great um, app to use anytime you want to get something done 
quickly a home home improvement project, you put it into Thumbtack, put a request, and you get bids sent straight to you, oh. and you can choose the one you want to contact. They come to your house, give you – a lot of times they'll give a bid, and then it might change a little when they mm-hmm. actually see the project. Yeah. Um, but the reviews are right in there, so you know if someone gives you a super low bid but they have one out of five stars, you might not want to talk sense. to them. Right. But someone yeah. that has five stars – might be someone worth getting over. So it's a, just a great homeowner app to have for those times where there's a project that YouTube can't send you in the right direction for. Right. Yes, now, you just moved into your, your hot pad, and uh, then you realize, holy smokes, furniture is expensive, and i got to put it in not two bedrooms, but now four. What in the world do I do? Well, you download Let Go or Offer Up, right? Yep. And that's pretty much an online garage sale, very similar to uh, Craigslist, just more. Or the Facebook mar- Marketplace. Yeah, similar, the f- right? Exactly. There's so many of exactly. them now. There's tons of different yeah. platforms. But, yeah. yeah, don't go and buy, pay full price for a ladder. Look on one of these cause ladders. Are, I didn't realize. How, how much expensive. is a ladder? I mean, a good, a good ladder. A good 12-footer. The best ones are the ones, the ones that extend up. They, like, fold and extend up. Yeah. Okay. They're 150 bucks. Whoa. So big bucks. You'll always find people selling them on there that might have an extra, or they're moving and they don't want it. So definitely pay right. a discount. Here's something that you probably wouldn't think of here: when you go to Home Depot, always buy more than you need and keep a return pile to save back and forth trips. Because man, you're gonna go to Home Depot a hundred times because you forgot something, just things you never really think about. Oh, I've been and to Home Depot a hundred times. And yeah, I've been I've been in my house two years, and I've probably been there. 200 times unreal just, and that's a, little, when I just learned. a little trip to home depot yeah you know? just a nice little oh, saturday unreal. home depot bed bath and beyond <laughs> i don't know if we'll have time <laughs> I don't know if enough t- well costco's added to that little yeah. list because yeah that's for me list. home goods home goods is like the spot you know you go get it's awesome yeah. yeah i got some lantern like a lot of lanterns. impulse buys yeah lanterns goods. super hardcore <laughs> impulse buys also they have the best gummies they're called world's best gummies home goods Check them out. What are you fucking amazing? Oh, is that what's oh sticking gosh. out of your pocket right now? You got gummies in your pocket? I'm just happy to see me. I literally have gummies <laughs> on me at all times. I'm a gummy bear freak, so oh, I've heard that about you. And lastly, you know, you run into these these homeowner challenges. You just don't know what to do. Well, guess what? You got your handy dandy real estate agent in your cell phone contacts list. Give them a call. Yeah, they'll help. If anybody's going to help you, we'll help. Good, now, right? A good agent acts as just the best concierge service that you have in your life. So, And I know that the three of us really do look at this. We kind of have the same vision on this as far as, I mean, it sounds kind of cheesy being your realtor for life. But also, but in reality, it's not just, okay, you, you bought your house, you close, oh, see no. you later. Like oh, we no. really, I mean, and it's not it's not something to be like, annoying of bugging you about you know do this as a homeowner do that as a home it's really like we like to help people save money we like to help find vendors that can do projects for you for the cheapest but really do quality work like we want to be resources for all it's all part of the connection thing this is why we started the podcast connecting people with other people in our city and you know obviously we're we're all here for the same reason so um, Real estate is a, a customer service industry, so it's all about the service. Preach. Hey. So, five simple steps for going from a renter to an owner. 
Step one, analyze your current lease situation. Boom. Step two, Greg? Step two, contact a local realtor. Step three, contact a lender. Step four is begin the home search process. And step five, become a homeowner. A responsible homeowner. Right. With the help of your agent. Well, guys, I don't know what, what it is uh, in this drink or if it's just uh, what's about to happen next, but I'm starting to feel a little tingly inside. I'm pretty and warm. I, I think it's because feeling. we're about to let everybody know about this week's weekly brew, brew, brew. Brew. <laughs> His favorite thing. Take it away, boys. This week's weekly brew is the 78741 zip code. This is Justice to the City. Yeah. Anywhere from 5 to 12 minutes to downtown Austin. And why are we talking about the 78741 zip code? That's a great question. For one, location. Location, location, location. 78741 has a wonderful location on the east side. Mm. You're super close to everything that people love about Austin. Downtown, Barton Springs, Zilker Park, Town Lake, all the trails. And guess what? The airport's only five to ten minutes away. So if you're a traveling person coming in and out, you're right around the corner. That's probably what I love most about that area. Aside from the plans that are coming in the East Riverside Corridor over the next five, ten years. Mm -hmm. Yep. Being able to get downtown or go the opposite way and get to the airport in less than 10 minutes is like just unreal. Best of both worlds. Yeah. You know, especially when you think of rental potential or short term rental potential. People are coming in from the, from the airport. They don't want to drive 40, 50 minutes to their house. They want to be right around the corner. Yeah. You know, this is kind of interesting how I personally transition to the 7874 zip code. I'm 4-1 zip code. I'm the one who, who lives there out of the group here. About four years ago, uh, right before I got into real estate, I uh, was looking for an apartment with a buddy of mine, and we were looking all over the city, and I was that annoying guy who checked out 35 places. No kidding. 35. Kid? I'm not kidding. Out of all people. <laughs> yep. I looked at a lot. And I was like, this just, I don't know, some were okay, some were old. I just couldn't find that. Finally, the best bang for my buck I found on Old Torf. It's an old apartment building that's now been renovated. It's called The Aspect. Mm. It was just a good one. I was still close to downtown. Um, you know, in terms of the quality of the place, it was nice. Had everything I wanted, and it was a good price. And I always said, man, this would be a great place to buy something. And, and I didn't even know. I wasn't even in real estate. I just thought it was close enough to everything that yeah. it was cool. Um, then when I got into real estate, I saw what the heck's going on over there. And uh, one of the big things, of course, is Oracle. They have their huge campus there. A bunch of other tech companies are kind of moving into the area. Yeah. Um, but they just announced recently that they're going to be opening up Phase 2, which is another uh, 420,000 square feet of additional space. And it's right there off of Lady Bird Lake. You can literally walk out and get on the trail and walk yep. downtown. Unreal. Super cool. So they already have 3,000-plus employees. Uh, most of them are, are millennials. Jeez. And, you know, what does 420,000 square feet of additional space add? A shit ton more employees. That'd be a big house. So um, most of the people that actually I moved, I just recently moved to the 41 zip code uh, and some new townhomes over there. Beautiful, brand new. 
and most of my neighbors are there, um, are living there that work either at Oracle or Google, Facebook downtown. Yep. So um, it's mm-hmm. the it's the new hotspot. I mean, you got food, entertainment, grocery stores, the Michoacana, all the taco trucks, Cuban coffee spot, Cuban coffee spot. Yeah, what is it called? Nanay? Cafe Nanay. Nanay. Yes. No, I see you here. It says taco shops galore. What is, what is that? What does that mean? Galore. Care to? A lot of them. <laughs> you want a taco? <laughs> yeah. So what are That's we talking? Like ten? No, I mean literally ten down, down a, a stretch. Yeah. You know, there's there's tons. Yeah. Well, you aren't kidding. That, that is taco shops galore. It's the place to go if you want some al pastor. Gee whiz. Oh yeah. And sure. that, what is that? Stomach. Al pastor. Pastor. Pork. Oh, pork. Oh. Yeah. Dope. The average property value is $232,000 in the area, although most of the new construction, of course, is a little bit higher than that now. Four, 400 plus. Yep. Yeah. Boom. Um, but. Cool. This is the Weekly Brew. 78741 zip code. Check it out. It's, it's worth, big time. It's worth looking into it's worth for exploring. investment. Now, before we hop out on the outro here, there's one thing I just... It, really caught my attention, right? Some, some data from 2013. The average net worth of a homeowner was $231,000. And the average net worth of a renter was about $5,500. Wow. Huge difference there. Wow. So, yeah, definitely take that in consideration. Can't imagine what that is now. That was 2013. That was 2013, yeah. Now get yourself a 3.5% FHA loan and get yourself a house, folks. There you go. Do it. Have a yeah, have, have a friend it. rent with you. Whatever. You know. Whatever it takes. Absolutely. All, All right. Th- well, thanks for listening, guys. Thank you, guys, for tuning in. We hope uh, this first part of our three part real estate series was valuable to you. Um, be on the lookout for parts two and three over the next few weeks, where we'll discuss some seller tips as well as some more hot neighborhoods that we think are wise places to invest in around Austin. And please remember to subscribe on iTunes. If you're listening right now, you have not done that yet, just scroll up to the top of our podcast, hit that subscribe button. Um, Also, if you could give us a five-star rating, we'd love it. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at What's Brewing ATX. And be sure to tune in next week. Stay hydrated, Austin. Peace and blessings, y'all. Cheers. Thank you.